Good afternoon. Thank you for joining me. Uh, my name is Tyler. You are listening to the Consequences of Communication podcast. This is episode 11, Building Relationships, Wedding Planning. Uh, I need to apologize up front because I'm really tired, really busy the last couple of days. Um, I actually was supposed to record my podcast um, a couple days ago. This is Monday, right before I'm supposed to have this out. But I need to get this done because I want to make sure that I keep my word to y'all about being on time with these release dates. So today is definitely uh, needing to put in the work as I move everything around on accident. But um, I'm also really glad that I'm doing this today um, to also not only prove to y'all or, or continue with y'all, but to prove to myself that I can actually do this even when I'm tired. So I'm going to try and get through this. I may be a little bit more loopy than normal, but I think we can handle it. Uh, so th today uh, we're going to explore the wedding planning, uh, not in details, but more like oversight stuff, like bird eye view of things to think about and what it actually entails, like the setting, the invitees, tips and tricks, and uh, what, uh, like all of this stuff kind of goes hand in hand together, uh, especially with the last couple of episodes of um, the Consequences of Communication podcast because wedding planning happens at the same time as you're engaged, which happens at the same time as um, the episode before then, like at courtship, because courtship just continues, the relationship deepens, you guys talk about time and all that. The question I have for y'all today is when you make big life-altering decisions, how much time do you take to make the decisions? And I know a lot of that's kind of circumstantial, like some, for lack of a better term, somebody has you in a situation where you have to make a decision regardless. You can't really think about it too much. You have like five seconds or the world's going to end. You know, aside from that, so whenever you have the opportunity to take as much time as you need, how much time do you take? Weddings are a massive undertaking. Traditionally, the bride's family pays for the wedding and the groom's family pays for the honeymoon. And that's traditionally, but we're living in a non-traditional world now. Yay. At least that's what most of the media stuff covers. <laughs> but it's kind of open for discussion now. But the best way to talk about or to go through this is to talk about it. Be open and honest with the communication between all parties involved. Like me, I'm not expecting my parents to pay for the honeymoon at all i mean they didn't for the last two marriages i had and not expecting the bride's family to pay for the wedding i'm expecting that to be a burden for me and my future wife and when you know by burden is not really an actual burden but just like we have to pay for it so we have to be more mindful about it and we have to come up with a budget for it an overall theme throughout this is budget it plays a huge deal in it which is why you need to understand Who's paying for what? Is the bride's family paying for the wedding? Um, and sorry, my hat's kind of weird like this. This is kind of an interim mix-up thing. My hat's a little weird. Uh, I thought it would be cool to do... And what I mean by cool is... Um, so I can actually figure out just by looking at a thumbnail on which episode is which episode. Um, <laughs> and what I did last time. And I also need a haircut, which, which is why I'm wearing a hat. But I'm wearing it differently... And now that I think about it, I probably should just want it backwards, but I don't really care right now. Um, we'll chop it up to that loopy thing. 
continuing with today's topic. So first you got to figure out who's paying for what and what the budget is, because you want to make sure that if somebody else is paying for it, I would love if somebody gave you a $5,000 budget, you wouldn't go to $4,999.99 or a couple of dollars over budget. I would prefer that you keep that significantly under budget because that's kind of a kind thing to do. That's just my personal take on that. But setting of the wedding and all of the factors that come into play when deciding the details of the wedding are is definitely something you need to talk about. The time of day, the time of the month, the time of year are important. And like the time of day, morning, okay, you're still like, do you want to wait? Do you want the bride to wake up at like two o'clock in the morning to get ready for the, the wedding and be as beautiful as she can be? Or is this like a, at your fifth wedding that you've been in and like she could just get up out of bed and y'all go to the um, county clerk's office and do justice of the peace marriage. I mean, that's really kind of what I prefer right now, but you know, that's just my personal opinion and my personal take on it. However, if my wife wanted to have a wedding in the afternoon or evening and invite all of our friends, all of our family, then that's what I'm going to do because that's what she wants. And I love her enough to set my desires aside to let that be okay. The time of the month are important. I'm going to say obvious reasons, but I'm going to say it anyway. You want to make sure that your wedding night is not impeded in any way by any bodily functions known as the menstrual cycle. Like that's just kind of a ruiner of things for um, the wedding night and the honeymoon phase, which is, so that's the time of the month, but the time of the year is important because it's like, do you want a fall wedding? Do you want a summer wedding? Do you want a winter wedding? Do you want a springtime wedding? And all of those have different factors. Do you have family and friends that have kids that are in school? If so, then a winter wedding is doable, but pretty hard. And I, I classify winter as like, like right after Thanksgiving or the day after Thanksgiving, that is winter. So you can do it over like a winter break, but then you're cl also close to Christmas and New Year's. Me, I don't want a winter wedding because my birthday's in December. Yay. So fall and springtime, kids are in school. So if you want, really want your friends and family to come, but their kids are in school, do you really want to ask them to take time out of their education to come and spend it with you? I mean, you may, but I like being as courteous as I can to everybody. The honeymoon stuff for that, you can go to like Disney World and it's not going to be, it shouldn't be as packed as it would be during the summer because kids are in school, families are, or parents are in, are working while their kids are in school so they can go to Disneyland in the summer. You know, those kind of things. So it, all of it, depends on each other. There's no one single factor that it's like, Hey, I want my wedding on this day because of this, 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 and this, or just because of this one factor. It's, I want the wedding on this day because it's the best day for my friends and family to come or the best time of year for my friends and family to come. This is, uh, the best time of the month for us to have, have the wedding. This is the best time of day for us to have the wedding because of all of these other factors. I got a discount on the venue. I got my dress for sale, like on sale, not for sale, but I got my dress on sale, got my tuxes rented for sale, got all of these other, other things done. And what I mean by my dress is 
my my bride's dress like on sale or whatever but it's a summer weight dress so you don't want to have it in cold weather or it's a winter dress so you don't want to have it in a warm weather because you don't want to have heat stroke and wedding like formal wear is hot anyway so then after you get the the time like the time of day time of month time of year narrowed down then you also have to have what what style of wedding do you want? Do you want a country wedding or do you want like a region wedding, like Midwest, um, steampunk, um, Victorian era, which is kind of like steampunk, but a little bit different. Like what kind of style of wedding do you want? What theme do you want for that? And what venue do you want for the wedding? Again, if you have a great grandparent or a great grandparents that you want to come to the wedding, that live in like Florida, like the retirement capital of the world, but you want to have your wedding in the dead of winter in Ontario, Canada, or, you know, upstate New York or, or Montana or someplace that's really, really cold. That's probably not the best idea that, especially if you want an outside wedding at that, because then your grandparents are going to be at risk for getting sick They're You know, that's not like their joints are going to hurt. You know, the cold weather damages stuff. That's why they paved Florida to retire to is so that they can have the warm humidity ease their weary bodies. So the distance from where the wedding will happen in relation to where everyone is also determines who's willing to come and who, who does the time of year. So if you're like all your families are from the Midwest and uh, like Greeley, Colorado would be the center point. But you don't really want to have it in Greeley, Colorado. You want to have it in or Cheyenne, Wyoming or Sheridan, Wyoming, which is on the north side of Wyoming. It's going to be more inconvenient for some people than it is for others. So because of that inconvenience, that might deter some of the guests from coming unless you pay for the travel expenses. Not saying that you should pay for the travel expenses. You're just saying, hey, friends, I'm getting married here on this day over this weekend. I would love for it if you would come celebrate with me. If you can't make it, I understand. You know, have that kind of attitude as opposed to, oh, great, they're not going to come. So I have to pay for their expenses to come up here. So that's another wedding expense on top of us paying for everything anyway, which cuts into the budget for other stuff. The size of the venue determines how many guests you can accommodate. If you have single friends, give them a plus one option when they RSVP. Because between now and the next couple months, they could have a boyfriend or girlfriend, like boyfriend if they're a girl, girlfriend if they're a guy, come to your wedding. Or they could just have a friend come to the wedding as well. Like you want to make sure that you leave that option available. And you also need to make sure that you require RSVPs so that you have an accurate count because if they, and state in the invitation that if they don't RSVP, there will not be room for them at the wedding, which is the whole purpose of an RSVP, which RSVP is uh, French, uh, French abbreviation for respondez-vous, s'il vous plaît, which is respondez, uh, is respond, to respond, s'il vous plaît, is the most formal way to say please. Please respond. So we can get a headcount and do stuff. So if you have that communication in the invitation and make sure that it's clear, then whoever doesn't RSVP doesn't have a spot. And that's that's on them. Like, I'm sorry you didn't RSVP, but you had plenty of time. Make sure you have an RSVP date. So like, hey, RSVP by three weeks before the wedding or four weeks before the wedding. So you can make sure that you have table arrangements if that's what you do in the um, 
reception. You need to decide if you want to have an indoor or outdoor wedding. So that needs to be talked about. You also need to talk about, are you going to have a reception? How long of a reception? Because that's pretty important. And at the reception, is there going to be music? And are you going to have dancing? And if you are going to have music, then are you having a live DJ, a live band? Or are you just have a playlist that you're leaving up to one of your friends to run through the sound system? All of those are, are key things, like things that you need to discuss. I would love to have a reception that has like a first dance, a wedding cake or cutting of the cake and, you know, like have it be a couple of hours and have dancing. I love to dance classy stuff. And what I determine or what I determine as classy stuff is like two-step waltzing are, are the two that I'm comfortable with, with pretty much anybody that I know. But blues dancing, I really enjoy blues dancing, but that's more of an intimate dance. And I believe the same with salsa. So I, I know the basic steps of salsa, I can do a little bit more in blues. Waltz, I can do about the same as blues, but I think I have a little bit more dips and spins and stuff with blues. But two-stepping is what I'm best at. And I would love to have an opportunity to have those, those dance styles played and to, to dance, um, especially the first dance with my, with my wife. The next thing you need to talk about after you decide all of that, invitees. Do you imagine a small wedding, less than 50 people, a medium wedding up to like 100, 125-ish, or whatever you define as medium and small? Or do you want to have a large wedding where all your family and friends are there? How far do they need to travel, like we mentioned earlier? Are the most important people able to travel to your ideal wedding location? The example I mentioned with your grandparents living in Florida, are they able and willing to travel to Montana in the winter when it's like the coldest time of the winter like i would say no and if they they really mean that much to you then we should you should be able to accommodate a different location or at least a different time of year to where it's easier for them to access everything because the last thing that you want at a wedding which is a celebration of two families coming together is a, an external family member slipping and falling breaking a hip and ending up dying from an infection because they can't get it treat they can't have surgery because of their age that is horrible you don't want that going into a marriage you really don't that hasn't happened to me but i could just imagine the horrifying thing yeah we got married but my grandma broke a hip and ended up dying a couple weeks later because of an infection and i feel really bad about it because if we would have just did a b c or d then she would still be alive or at least she wouldn't have died at my wedding or because of coming to my wedding are there members of your fiance's family that you don't like like are there members like hey i don't like your third cousin named joe he's kind of a creep or i don't like your your great aunt ruth because she's crazy you know like something like that i think that definitely needs to be discussed about um especially when you're inviting people to your wedding um are there people that just despise each other that need to be separated like does your aunt ruth hate my cousin tony and they just need to be on like complete opposite sides of the room during the reception you know those those kind of things but at the end of the day it's like it's your y'all's decision as a couple and the key word is as a couple that means if i'm like just my concession earlier is i would prefer justice of the peace close friends and family that's it However, I'm willing to give that up. I'm willing to sacrifice that so my wife is happy. But if I'm sacrificing that and then she just decides to run with it, like way past what I'm comfortable with, 
even even though I'm like, hey, this is push like this is going to be beyond my comfortable level in this kind of environment. I would appreciate it if we kind of pulled back a little bit, maybe cut down some invitees or or some some people that we want to invite to it. And then she just like continues to go and invites three times as many people and they all show up. Like I would, that's not a good time because it's coming together of the couple, not one ideal over another. It's y'all's wedding. Now, some tips and tricks, which is probably one of my favorite parts. Go through a wedding planner or a friend that is good at planning things that is willing to do this for you. Like that's kind of the cheap option. So wedding planner, they do this professionally. They know things, they know questions to ask that aren't covered in this description or in this episode Uh, because I don't know them. I don't really care to know them, at least not yet, because it's not pertinent information to me in my life currently. However, these are things that I suggest and I've observed from other, other weddings and having gone through too. It sucks. So if you have somebody who's able to help you with wedding planning, Go ahead and use them. See if they're able to. Like they will remember a lot of things for you and keep you on track to getting the things done in a timely manner. Like if you're delaying picking the colors for your wedding, then they'll be like, hey, we, you need to come up with an answer to me by the end of day on what colors you want for your wedding so we make sure we have everything that you want. And they're pushing that hard because one, you're paying them to push you that hard and two, they know what they're doing. And they also want you to refer them to your single friends that will get married in the future. So, you know, it's best for them to do what's best for your interest and you're on the day. Uh, the second tip I got for y'all is you're not going to agree on every detail of the wedding. Discuss it with your future spouse. The venue. I want just the piece. She wants a wedding at Stonehenge when, and inviting 3 million people. Like, that's not happening. In my like, no, that's ridiculous. Unless the free, pe- unless the three thousand or the three million people are bringing their own food and bringing us all like a two dollar gift card, that'd be amazing, or a two dollar gift, like a two dollar bill. If each of them brought us a two dollar bill and like three million people came, I'd be like okay with it because I'd be a six million, like we would have six million dollars, which would be nice because we'd be pretty much set for life at that point, or you know pretty close to it, and we can use that money to we can have more income based off that so we wouldn't have to work for the rest of our lives just run stuff like operate businesses and stuff like that which would be cool or invest in real estate and have everything paid for for the rest of our lives which would also be cool i digress a little bit but you need to you need to have that communication with your spouse and be specific and have a reason why other than i just don't like this like i don't like this because a b c d or whatever your reason is I don't like the colors yellow and red because it makes me really uncomfortable and makes me want to leave the place. And I know those are your favorite colors. So if we could pick red or yellow and then pick a complementary color, I would prefer that. You know, like that's doing doing something that way. The next tip and trick that I have, know that the wedding idea in your mind is going to be too perfect to be a reality in this world. Meaning that things will go wrong. You just need to roll with the punches. Another way to put this is, is the perfection of the wedding really more important than your happiness on your wedding day? 
The purpose of the wedding is to bring two people to a covenant relationship before God, family, and friends to become one. I say as long as that happens, that's great. Like as long as y'all are focused on, okay, the wedding's not going to be perfect. You both understand that. And you both have this ideal wedding scenario in your head. You're just seeing what overlaps in both of yours and what's more feasible in, in each ideal and putting them together as best as you can. Because you're getting married not to have a huge wedding. You're getting married because you love this individual. Like you love your fiance. You love your soon-to-be wife or your soon-to-be husband. You love them. That's why you're going through this. That's why you're getting married. That's why you're doing this. You're not doing it just for the one night. You're doing this for a lifetime of friendship, a lifetime of love, a lifetime of supporting each other, and a lifetime of happiness and laughter together. That's why you're doing it. That's why you're getting married. That's why you decided to, gentlemen, to take a knee and propose. And I say with the whole like bending the knee and, and proposing that way, if you feel like bending a knee and proposing that way, great. If you don't, great. It's you. As long as you are unapologetically you, when you propose, that's great. Because she's marrying you, not not a um, ripoff of something else. The next thing, the next tip I have for y'all, this isn't a trick. This is a tip. Make sure to have patience with the process and with each other. Keep your eyes on the prize. Like I just said, you're not like you're focused on the wedding because that's a huge event or, or you're not focused on the wedding. You are focused on the life that you're going to build together. The wedding is just the first major step to get to the rest of y'all's life together to start building that family. And the last tip I have is really for the guys. Like this is, takes a lot of work that you really have to go through in order to make the most memorable day for your wife. That being said, as a best friend of mine says, the wedding day and ceremony is for the woman. The wedding night is for the guy. I heard a long time ago, which is probably the best toast I've ever heard. It was at my uncle's wedding. Uh, I think I was like 12 or something. I don't remember. So, somewhere in there, like 11 or 12. Uh, one of the groomsmen, it might have been the best man, but it was part of the wedding party, was toasting and was uh, and said... The last thing I want to say to y'all and the best key to a happy, healthy marriage is live every day like it's your last and every night like it's your first, which is a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, it's kind of maybe coming across as a little pervy to some or horn doggish to some. But at the same time, if you live every day like it's your last, that means you're cherishing that person. You're loving them. You're respecting them. You're encouraging them. You're loving on them, not just loving them, but loving on them. You're showing them kindness, courtesy. Like you're showing them everything positive, right? And then you're living every night like your last or like your first. So every day like your last, every night like your first is you're making sure that you're showing each other love. And through sex, you're, you're coming together 
and, and creating a closer bond than you've ever had before. And that's a very important thing for a long-term monogamous couple is having sex with each other. And now that we've done that, uh, we're going to revisit the question, how much time do you think goes into wedding planning now? How did it change throughout this podcast? Go ahead and let me know in the comments uh, or a review. We'll get to that then. But the homework now is think about who or think about where you want to go and and do on your first trip as a married couple for your honeymoon. And this is also technically part of wedding planning because you got to figure out your escape plan from the reception. So best is like wedding, reception, leave. Like let everybody know that you're leaving. Don't just leave um, because they're all there for you and to celebrate your marriage. So you let people know that you're leaving. Uh, Y'all spend a night in a hotel and then you leave to go on your honeymoon, wherever that may be. So that's your homework is think about where you want to go on your honeymoon. If today's episode of Consequences of Communication has helped you, then please like, subscribe, share this uh, audio or share this podcast with your friends, your family, or if somebody special came to mind when you were listening to this, share it with them. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Consequences of Communication. I really do appreciate it to taking you taking time out of your your busy day to uh, spend listening to this podcast. I really do appreciate it. The next time that we'll release an episode is March 5th, 2024 for Consequences of Communication, episode 12, Building Relationships, Honeymoon Phase. Uh, It's going to be fun. I'll talk to you all later. Until then, take care and enjoy.